Welcome to the Grappling Review. I am your host, Gabriel Marte, with my uh, often wondering if I'm going to keep him as keep him as my host, Danny. Say hi. It's literally all I think about at night. Am I still <laughs> employed here? Do I still have a job? I don't know. It's find out next. It's week always going to be on. The, it's always going to be on the air. <laughs> find out next week on Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, it. That's man. all this feels. It's just this very long, prolonged. Like you got the spirit bomb. Are you going to throw it? Is it today or what is this? Episode? episode eight, I think. I think episode ten is when we're going to decide whether I'm going to bring on a new host or not. <laughs> we got to do that vote. I'm telling you, there's a drawing coming. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll, we'll do a vote. All right. So uh, before we get into our topic of the day, just a quick few disclaimers. Um, we are still remote recording using some primitive technology. Uh, well, not that primitive, but um, not in a studio. So if you hear any kind of audio artifacts or anything like that, please bear with us. We're going to clean it up as much as we can in post um, and, you know, try to give you guys a good show. And if you guys like the grappling review, Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to any and all channels that you guys can. It'll be a huge help to us to be able to grow our podcast and keep bringing you awesome content. So, yeah. Even if you don't like it, you should probably still subscribe and follow. It takes like two seconds, guys. Come on. Yeah, it takes like two seconds. Come on. Show some love. Um, Today's topic is the IBGF Austin Open, which is... The first IBGF tournament since the pandemic shutdown, which is kind of huge, right? Because it's like uh, moving the jujitsu, you know, world a little bit, you know, forward and out of the craziness that has been the uh, the universal lockdown worldwide. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually it watching the world open up has been interesting. Not just this, but yeah. everything, and seeing how everyone handles it. So it's interesting to see how a, something like IBJJF will handle something right opening up after a, a very specific event yeah a very specific event that usually has masses of people just walking around breathing on top of each other um while they watch two well not just two but usually 10 to 12 pairs of people sweaty and grabbing each other and throwing themselves and probably coughing and spitting each other's faces and stuff so it's uh one of those events that's like hmm how are they gonna run this so um, but I actually was in Austin and I am here to bring you guys. I braved, I braved the, uh, the experience. I braved the experience to be able to like bring to you what it's like. And if it's something that maybe you guys should consider if you guys are competitors yourselves. So, I mean, you came back. Um, okay. Right. Everything's good. Yeah. I've been good. perfectly fine. Feeling yeah. Good. I still got to get Damn. a test this week, but um, I, I have like no symptoms or anything. But at the same time, I also did my due diligence of, you know, social distancing, making sure that I wasn't like around crowds. I always had a mask on and all that and hand sanitizing. So, you know, w- when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's always incumbent on you. Right. Like, right. Of course. Make it's sure up to you to take care of yourself. Um, but that being said, the awesome open was pretty cool. Not only not only was the event run quite flawlessly um there was a lot of big matchups that happened that day uh, especially on you know the black belt brackets mainly because when it was announced that the austin open was 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 going forward it's the only the first tournament so it like filled up in like a day you know i actually intended on potentially competing but then like by the time i registered it was already closed 
Yeah, I think I asked um, you like a few days later. I'm like, should I go with you to Austin? And you were like, everything's closed. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I guess, exactly. No. And 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 it's just because everybody kind of looked at it as like, if this is the only IBJJF tournament happening this year, this is going to be like this year's Worlds, um, which is not. It's going to be Pan Ams. Pan Ams is in a few weeks, and um, that is that is essentially going to be this year's Worlds, unless Worlds actually takes place. We'll talk a little bit at about the, at that the time. On. That was the only thing announced, right? Right. I yeah, at the time the Austin Open was the only thing announced. Um the we'll talk a little bit more about pans and and what's going on with that and the potential worlds that, that might be coming along. But right now, focusing on the Austin Open, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a rundown of like what my experience was and then we'll just kinda like, you know, uh open it up to Danny's questions and see, you know what he has in store for me. I'm being interviewed, essentially. Bum, bum, bum. So, Today's guest is <laughs> Gabriel Marte on his own show. So uh, I, uh, yeah. You already have a question? You already going to interrupt I mean, me? Is, oh, is, man. Are, is your intro done? Are, 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 I have plenty of questions. Well, wait. Jeez. I just said that I'm going to first describe my experience and then we'll go from there. All right. Okay. So don't answer any of the questions I'm going to ask you that you don't know about yet. Okay, sure. I'm going to try to read your minds. <laughs> anyway, so so the the the, uh, the original plan was for you know for those of us that are comfortable flying over there um, to Austin to go and compete. Unfortunately, only one of my students ended up uh, signing up in time, and I really wanted to go to Austin also because I did. I also lived in Austin. Um, it was a last minute decision and stuff uh for me to follow eric over there um but it it was a worthwhile experience i I got a chance to kind of like take a look at the city from 12 years ago when i used to live there and um and it was a fun experience the uh the the trip itself flying over there you know obviously the the airline protocols are um social distance there's no there's got to be one empty seat in between every single person flying the flights are still relatively empty i've taken a, a couple of flights throughout the pandemic now and 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 even the one to austin you know we were fully boarded in in within like 15 minutes there were so many empty seats and um we even arrived to austin 30 minutes early same thing on the way back actually you know we were able to board in like 10 minutes every single person and how, we ended how up arriving. were the airplanes they're not they're not that full that's the thing like i had an empty right. row in front empty row behind me i had you know a scene between you know eric and i um it, it's it's really empty they, they kind of have really spread out and um and it kind of helps right because like again I, I arrived to new york 30 minutes earlier also so right um the, the the you know the airports are generally still very very empty so you know, I was pretty much isolated for the majority of the time all the way to our Airbnb. And we got our Airbnb that's, you know, for those of you guys that are considering traveling for competitions, my recommendation is definitely to always get an Airbnb where you have the entire unit to yourself, um, where you have no interaction with anyone. You don't have interaction with like at a hotel, you got to interact with like, you know, the host in the front and all that stuff. And these days, Airbnbs are cheaper than hotels anyway. So we right. ended up getting an Airbnb that had a gym a pool and the entire apartment unit was all to ourselves at a discount actually because of covid 
Oh, so that was nice. And we just stayed to ourselves the entire time there. Um, the On Saturday, the, the day of the competition, we got to the venue. They only allowed uh, the athlete and one coach to come in, and you had to go in with your coach. And I happened to actually, you know, I kind of gamed the system a little bit, you could say. I had, I, I you know, didn't know that Isaac Doderlein was going to be there, who's a good friend of mine. And mm-hmm. I should have known because then it would have been cool to meet up with him beforehand. But he was in Austin doing uh, some stuff for Flow Grappling. You should definitely check out some of the stuff that he's doing. The, he's doing the Saturday morning rewinds um, where they, you know, him, Mikey Musumeki or Musumeci or Musumeci, still haven't figured out how to say his last name. Mushemi. Mikey. Mushemi? No. Wrong. No, this is one of the episodes where he tries yes, to actually yeah. he doesn't even know he doesn't even know how to like pronounce <laughs> his own last name, which is crazy. Come on, he's a little dude. Yeah. Little so dude that it's Isaac, up, Mikey. Actually. It's him, Isaac, Tommy Langaker, and Michael Swears, uh, or Sears. Uh is it Swears? I think it's Sears. I don't know. I'm having a brain fart right now. Anyway. They're breaking down past matches, controversial matches, breaking down recent events, sort of like what we do. They do like a little bit of a review of some uh, some stuff. And it's really, really cool to be able to get the insight from like these world class athletes. Yeah, and they're, they're like going to describe. You could see their reactions and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You, 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 they, they describe what they, the theory behind what the opponent, what the competitor is doing the what they would do what options they would do they they theorize on air it's it's amazing to see these guys like literally theorize what they would do and then decide to like you know what i'm gonna start practicing that i think it's something that i highly recommend to every single you know listener to the podcast all of my students it's probably the best thing on flow right now um just because it's if you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner which would be the only reason why you have flow uh just watching them break stuff down should also influence you on how you watch matches and how you train and decide to, you know, develop your, your skills and stuff. So highly recommend that. Anyway, Isaac was in town. Um, we ended up, I ended up, uh, going early to help, uh, help coach Isaac. So I went in as Isaac's coach and then a buddy of mine, George, who, uh, uh, used to be a student over here at the dojo in, in, in New York and moved down to Austin to work for Facebook he ended up coming in as Eric's coach. So that's also the only way that we were able to get groceries. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside joke, guys. Let's keep this family friendly. <laughs> he likes a bad groceries. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, yeah, that's the only way that we were able to get like an extra person in there is if they, you know, came in as a coach. So, um, yeah, we, you know, being there to coach and help coach Isaac or at least like or at least tell him how much time is left on the clock because it's not like he needs any coaching. Um, <laughs> right. Man, Isaac, Isaac obliterated his his division. It was it was, you know, it's always a treat to be able to see like high level competitors, you know, compete like right there in front, not yeah. not just on a screen and stuff like that, but even more so when they're your friends. Um, and And man, that first match that he did uh this guy richard he he kind of caught isaac not off guard but isaac went to pull guard and richard like you know took advantage of the guard pull and like went in for like an ankle tap so giving him the automatic two points and and isaac immediately switched gears into all right well he scored points on me i gotta finish the fight he like within one minute less than a minute set up his 
you know, patented ankle lock. And, you know, when Isaac puts on that ankle lock, he, you know, destroys your foot. Like it's not, it's not your typical ankle lock. He's already finished eight or nine opponents in competition um, using this same setup. And, you know, you know, Richard didn't want to, didn't want to, you know, didn't want to tap, but he ended up right. suffering some consequences. He's limping off and stuff like that. And, and it's just, it, it was really bad, but he ended up finishing that fight super impressive within one minute. And then his final match was against um, this guy, Joshua, I think from uh, uh, Cisneros. He only no, did no, two I matches. His la- no, no, his last name is Joshua Cisneros. Yes. Only because one thing that's kind of cool is that now IBJJF is seeding the bracket. So if you're ranked in like the top 10, they seed right. it the way that they would seed like uh like a basketball tournament right like number one will right. face number number 10 number two will face number eight and so on yeah. and so forth so you have like right. the best chance at advancing and if it's an odd bracket then the number one seed gets a buy gets a buy so yeah. now there's a ben- yeah now there's benefits to to competing often and 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 getting points and ranking up in the rbgf rankings because it's only right. going to help a lot your competition moving forward yeah now yeah so now there's actual that's like reason cool. for ranking yeah, 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 yeah. That's so now, like you know, it's it's kind of a cool addition. Um, so he had the buy, then he fought uh Richard, and then the final was against a newcomer, Joshua Cisneros, who's a uh, a new black belt. This is his black belt debut, and he was very, very impressive in his first couple of matches. And um, you know, he pulled guard in his first two matches, super technical, Baron Bolo guy. Uh, but he also. I was I happened to be speaking to his dad and and it turns out that he like revered Isaac growing up in his jujitsu. So he like really, really knew Isaac's game and he studied oh. it. So when that match happened, he he knew not to pull guard on Isaac because he knows that Isaac's passing is is probably his strong suit, especially right now in the right. game. So he kind of had an idea of like how to approach Isaac. You know, he he waited for Isaac to pull and he started kind of defending everything that Isaac was doing, but at the same time you know he was on the defense the entire time um right. so isaac for the for, for the majority of the match was you know attacking with with all his you know all the different um you know his attacks and stuff his a b c d and e game basically until he finally got like his uh op sit up guard takedown and then as soon as isaac got on top that's it it was over joshua kind of didn't know where he was and you know he just isaac started passing like crazy and one thing that i that i will say is that like isaac you know, it has some beautiful passing, but then like um Isaac really, really wanted to finish the his opponent. Yeah. He knew he was he took some risks. He went to go for a back take, knowing that he that that he already pretty much won the match. Um right. he he still wanted to go for the finish so bad that he ended up kind of it kind of costed him the the position. Uh Joshua came up on top on kind of like a little bit of a back take scramble um didn't score any points because it was a reversal not a sweep but it still mm-hmm. kind of like ended the match on 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 points where isaac ended up winning i think it was like uh four zero with an advantage as well um right. but yeah isaac was like pretty upset that he didn't finish him because he's like hey <laughs> this is new black belt in my division i gotta welcome him so right baptize him um yeah <laughs> baptize him into the division so there's that, and then after that, we had a bunch of really amazing matches between Tynan Dalpra put up 53 points, you know, to zero against his opponent. I'd like to talk a little bit about that later on, but I, you know, <laughs> that happened. Um, that was allowed run- to happen. 
that was allowed to happen, clearly. Uh, you know, Rodaldo Jr. was there. Um, the AOJ guys, the AOJ came in force um, with uh, Jonathan Alves, who who competed the night before at Fight to Win in in uh, Dallas against Johnny Tama, friend of the podcast. And then who, you know, Jonathan Alves had had a strong performance on that that match, and then he drove down from Dallas to Austin to compete the next day. And he also had an amazing performance, but he ended up facing, uh, he ended up facing, uh, Ronaldo jr. In actually, I think that was the open class. I, I believe Jonathan Alves won his division, his, his weight class, but then like mm-hmm. faced, uh, Ronaldo jr. In the open class, which was an exciting match, uh, a little bit exciting to, to a certain extent, because it's the first time that AOJ faces someone from Atos after, AOJ left out those right like before mm-hmm. essentially Jonathan and Ronaldo were teammates right representing the same flag mm-hmm. but now they're not you know so it was really interesting to see the drama of that happening and all that so and then throughout the throughout the day again really good matches throughout the day everything ran really smoothly um and that's kind of it as far as the experience at the tournament itself it was very very open and and it was a little bit it wasn't weird to not see any spectators um, all the seats were completely empty and you just had like yeah. essentially the coaches and I'm sure some spectators that were able to sneak in, you know, just on the, uh, on, on the, on the barrier, on the barricade, you know, watching right. their opponents go and stuff, or rather their, their, their friends compete and all that stuff. Um, right, so but like for the most part, everybody, so there wasn't, so again, it wasn't official spectators, but let's say you were a coach, you were. You were a competitor. You were allowed to stay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of linger around. Were you allowed to sit? Were you just allowed on the barricades? Like, what was that rule? You were allowed like? to be at the barricades. You were allowed. You were allowed to be like pretty much in the general area. I will say that like they had the the location that they chose for this is different from the normal location they choose in in in, in Austin. The location they chose was the uh, Round Rock Sports Center, which is a basically a really 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 huge basketball court essentially two full-size basketball courts together and the mat space with the bullpen and the weighing area and the whole nine they had 10 mats plus the bullpen which is about half the mat size um Mm -hmm. that they had all of that space only took up half the court right so they 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 selected this this location because of how much open space there was going to be to allow right. like there to be enough social distancing. Okay. Um, so yeah, they allowed the coaches to kind of stay throughout the day. Like they didn't really like kick anyone out. Um, I know that they mentioned before that like, they're only going to allow the coaches to stay during like their matches, maybe because I have, you know, Eric was competing in the morning and the evening. Um, mm. I stayed the entire day. Uh, you know, th- that being said also, like, I don't think that a lot of people, if you're, if you're, if, if your student's only competing in one division and you're done for the day, most people are going to leave anyway. So like, you know, people were right. kind of, it was, it was relatively empty. Um, one thing what I'll say, say is that what'd you everybody say the full from turnout the part, mm, I mean, it was like, it's hard to say it, it, it was definitely low, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it was relatively low, uh, I, it's it's hard to say. I can't even really put a number on it because I wasn't really focused on, on on how many people were there, but it wasn't that many people. Right. It was okay. like a really small local tournament. It, that's what it felt like. Even though, like again, the divisions were stacked for the most part in the gi. In no gi, it was relatively empty, but for the gi, it was pretty stacked. Right. Um. 
I will say that the the vast majority of people wore wore you know their masks, not just because mm-hmm. they're there. It's part of one of the rules, but also because all the referees, all the coordinators for IBJJF, every single person working at IBJJF was, they were like hounds. They were like you know right in everyone's face. As soon as there was a mask coming off, they go walk to them and let them know, hey, you got to put your mask back on. Oh, okay. And you know whatever your feelings are about that. Um, you know, if that's what you got to do in order to have these events take place, then that's what you got to right, do, right? Because I'd rather I'd rather follow this very small, simple, easy rule, and then be able to and go to an IBJJF event than not have the event at all. You know, right. so that was actually um, one of my questions: like, how did they uh, enforce? Yeah. It did they enforce? Right. But that that that's actually very comforting. They did. They de- they definitely enforce it. The only thing that I will say, and I'm going to call them out, you know, Team AOJ, not a single one of them wore masks. Not one. And it was Guy Mendes that was there coaching. Hoffa wasn't there, but Guy was. And he didn't even have a mask hanging off his neck or anything. He just did not have a mask at all. Neither did any of his students, it seemed like. I don't, I don't, I mean, I saw Jessica Khan there, you know, Jonathan Owls, you know, a bunch of their their their, their students. Um, I didn't see any of them ever wear any masks. So I don't know if that's like an AOJ culture thing. Obviously, leadership always comes from the top, so... If your instructor is, is de- deciding to defy those rules, then then chances are you're gonna also, you know, follow his lead. Right. Exactly. And I will say that like I didn't see anybody trying to enforce Guy Mendes, so that's one thing that I was like, I don't know, man. There's a little bit of classism there. You know, Guy was definitely like on the barricades, coaching and all that stuff, and watching matches. I didn't see anybody not once go over to them to tell them to put a mask on. So. You know, that's one thing that I'll hmm. say, you know, about hmm. about IBGF and the Mendes bros. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, nothing that, that that that's pretty much it. That's, you know, I, I'd say that like the tournament experience was it felt relatively normal, to be honest with you. Uh, hmm. Maybe because when I'm coaching, I don't you know, I'm not paying attention to the stands and how many people are there. I'm not paying attention to a lot of, you know, what's going on. You know, most of, most of my time is spent like either coaching, getting my student ready or catching up with like some friends, which I got a chance to catch up with. You know, obviously it, it was cool to be able to hang out with with Isaac, Johnny Tama and and, and some of uh, some of my other friends there and stuff like that, you know, from from the West Coast. Um, but generally, you know, it felt like a normal tournament, to be honest, other than the fact that like I kind of had to have a mask at all times. Right. Um, which isn't a bother for me at this point. You know, it doesn't bother me too much. I don't use a mask necessarily. I use a, uh, I mean, I use like a, a face sleeve, so it's easy to just pull up and down. Nothing hanging off my ears. That's the only thing that's annoying. But you know, um, you know, it was it was pretty cool. I think uh, any competitor and stuff like that. Like, I mean, for the most part, anyone that's doing jujitsu, everyone is training. There's no secret really to like the fact that like gyms are training there's you know jiu-jitsu schools everywhere are pretty much operating one way or another so what um <laughs> not what? the dojo though not the dojo oh. i promise you <laughs> i haven't lost so, a significant amount of weight on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so anyway yeah that's pretty much it so what do you got for me any 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 questions you want to ask regarding that specifically uh, I mean, just more on like there, there were. I mean, I, there's not really much rule sets you can actually change for that. But 
uh, upon entering, did they, were they really stingy about the temperatures? Did they make people check their temperatures? Did they care about your temperature? Oh, yeah. They did actually check my temperature. I forgot. They mm-hmm. checked my temperature. They, you know, obviously, it's it, I can't say they forced me because I always, you know, try to, if there's hand sanitizer at the entrance, I'm always going to take it. It's free hand sanitizer. Right. Why not? Um, but they make sure that, they te- you know, hand sanitizer, check the temperature, and you have to have a mask on, on approach. So. You know, and then I'm assuming everything else is the same, like check in athlete's name, coach's name, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, everything else is pretty much the same. So if you've ever been to Worlds, it was very similar to that. They have like the check in booth, you know, right outside the uh, entrance uh, with separate lines for spectators, which they didn't have any this time. Um, And it was really just like, you know, athletes and their coaches. So. Uh, Oh, the other question as a. Just the city of Austin itself, like how are their rules and regulations compared to that of so, now coming back to New all York? Right, so, so when it comes to so when it comes to Texas, Texas is a very I don't want to say conservative, but I would say more free spirit. Definitely conservative for the most part of Texas, but from a free spirited standpoint, I would almost say that Texas is, is basically like a libertarian state. You know, it's like right. you do you, I do me, and that's it. Um, but Austin, Texas itself is a very liberal state for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's a college town and, uh, but it's, it's, it's a liberal state, like a, a liberal city rather. So I would, I would say that like Austin, Texas is almost like an entire city of, you know, people more or less with the mindset of like Williamsburg, Brooklyn, you know, okay. um, a lot of good coffee shops, you know, a lot of good food. Um, and that's kind of the mindset. So like, it's funny because I used to go, when I used to live in Texas, essentially Thursday night, I mean, every single night was a party downtown. Um, but Thursday night was one of the best parties, you know, downtown, they would close off sixth street. It would just be, you know, packed from, uh, Congress all the way to MLK, which is like 15, 20 blocks and the street would be blocked off, uh, so that you can, you know, party all night go you just go barn club hopping and eating food restaurants all over and stuff like that i went on thursday night just to like you know show eric around and stuff like that and just to kind of like you know for my own sightseeing i wanted to see what sixth street was like you know 12 years removed and it was empty like it was like a ghost town now it wasn't just a ghost town because there were barely any people there obviously the street also wasn't closed so there was there were cars actually driving through which is odd you know, to right. see for me, um, ghosts, but there were, but the thing is there were a lot of shops that were boarded up. I don't know from like yeah. uh, protests and riots and stuff like that, or just generally closed down because of the shutdown. Cause I think that there's a lot of businesses that closed down yeah, and I want to say, I want like to say everywhere. Yeah. I want to say, so there's like 200, more than 200 bars and restaurants and, and clubs all combined on sixth street. Um, I want to say half of them, roughly half of them were boarded up Oof. and that's a lot. That's a lot of businesses, whether it's through protests, riots or, or, or closures because of COVID. That's a lot like of that businesses. Sound, that that sounds more like business closures than anything else. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I spoke to some friends and they, they said that there were definitely protests going on, but like, they don't recall any kind of rioting. Obviously if there was right, like rioting, we would have heard about it in the news that. and stuff. You know, so I would say like it's it's probably business closures myself, um, but that's a that's a scary thought to see so many businesses closed down. You know, on yeah. on such such a popular street. You know, um, some of my favorite I mean, businesses. I, I, 
I don't know down, if you've walked down you know, to so. like Knickerbocker here recently, but I mean, I have, but it's nothing like that. Trust me. It's I'm telling yeah. you, like it's a Knickerbocker yeah, pretty like, bad right now. The Sixth Street is like think of Bedford Ave in Williamsburg. Okay. Now imagine like half of those businesses closed, boarded up. Yeah. I'm talking about boarded up with like plywood and everything, not just like door closed and like empty rooms, boarded up graffiti wow. on all the plywood and stuff like that. So it, it it looks like I wish I had taken pictures and videos of it, but it looks like a ghost town. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously when it comes to the, the, the COVID reactions, so to speak, you know, every state and every city is going to kind of react differently. Um, I think that for the most part, the city of Austin are are very stringent with like their protocols and stuff. Um, right. Coffee shops, one hundred percent. Every single you know place that I went to eat out, also very very stringent on 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 the uh, the masks and all that stuff. Um, Do they have indoor dining or is it still outdoor? No, they still have indoor dining. They have indoor okay. dining. Uh, mainly mainly because like in Austin everything is bigger in the sense that like there's a lot of space. So oh, okay. most restaurants sense. are and, and places are really, really big. And because it's warm weather pretty much all year round, a lot of spaces are like in patios for the most part. Everywhere that I had well, not for the most part, everywhere that that, that I went out to eat at, um, we we ate out like at the patio. So we were in kind right. of open air and stuff. Very, very distant, you know, uh socially distant. So tables six feet apart, benches and picnic tables six feet apart and stuff i ate a lot of brisket i ate a lot of barbecue down there <laughs> yeah so you know i was gonna uh, that, that was like, again my next question still intact tell me about oh, the food man. just tell me about the food dude the food in austin is so good so good i kind of oh, went oh, a little yeah, crazy this is the though, grappling like, like so uh, how does how does the food help you with your jujitsu <laughs> It didn't. It doesn't. I, I kind of <laughs> came back a little bit heavier. I I ate so like on 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 Friday. I uh I got a little bit crazy with my barbecue, and you know I had a specific budget going out there, but it was the first time that I had Texas barbecue in a long time, and I went to Terry Black's, and it was the first time I'd been to Terry Black's actually. Usually, you know, I've been to Franklin's and and uh and and Rudy's barbecue, which is usually what I my 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 go to when I'm in Texas when I used to live there, but first time I had Terry Blacks and I, 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 you know, I got like $70 worth of just meat, you know, yeah. it was a lot of meat. I got half a pound of brisket four ribs, five, five pork ribs and, uh, one beef rib. The beef rib alone was about $36. It was like a giant slab of meat. And, uh, I didn't finish all of it, but I got pretty damn close. And then I had brisket twice at Rudy's the day after. So I had to introduce Isaac to, to Rudy's and I had to introduce Eric to Rudy's. And I'll say, actually, I kind of, I, I you know, maybe it's nostalgia or whatever, but I, I still prefer Rudy's over Terry Black's. So that might make a lot of people mad, but, you know, I, I, I still prefer Rudy's. Rudy's has a better barbecue, in my opinion. So, um, but yeah, I mean. You know, the experience overall was pretty good. You know, I, I I definitely love to, like, you know, go back again and stuff and whatnot. And and that leads me now to what's coming up next, right? So this weekend, actually, you have the uh, Ohio Open, right? So Austin Open happened. It closed up. And then, like, a week later, the Ohio Open, at, 
you know, came, got, got scheduled, which Ohio is, is just north of Austin, you know, right? Ohio? No, no, no. Oklahoma. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, I think, I don't know. Never been there. But anyway, that one opened <laughs> up and some people signed up for that. But when the Oklahoma opened up, they also announced Pan Ams. And then yep. Pan Ams, there was like a mad spree of people signing up to the Pan Ams because Pan Ams is going to essentially be this year's world, right? So we've had the Europeans early in the year and then the shutdown happened and now Pan Ams happening in October. The word on the street from some inside knowledge that we have is that IBGF is not going to do worlds at all unless the borders open up because they don't want to take away the, you can't really call it worlds if you don't let the if world not, have the rest of the world travel in, to yeah. the U S right. So that's kind of the, the, the issue, right? I get so, it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, some people were pining for like allowing worlds to happen since the majority of the the world black belts, world class black belts, the former champions and stuff like that. Since the majority of them are already here in the states, you know, most of them are already on the west coast. They were, you know, some people were saying like, you know, we should still have it because the majority of the champions in the black belt division are already here. But it's right. still not fair to like some people that are in Brazil, like Nicholas Marigali or Tommy Langaker, that's in uh in Europe, and as well as all the lower belts you know, that are outside of the, the, the country that aren't able to come in. It's not, you can't really, whoever's championed as the, the world champion 2020 can't really be considered the world champion if they didn't get a chance to face people right. from all over the world. Right. So, um, the worlds aren't happening at all unless the borders open, but Pan Am's. So that's why Pan Am's is going to be essentially this year's worlds. Whoever wins Pan Am's they've won the biggest IBGF tournament of the year. So, um, no pressure. Something cool about pans. There is no, you know, there's no uh, point uh, requirement. I think for brown belts and black belts, there's a certain amount of points that you're supposed to score in order to be able to even register for pans. But they're dismissing that, obviously, because there's no other tournaments that really happened. Right. Um, and the brackets look. I mean, the, the the some of the names look amazing on there. So, uh, actually, give me a second. I'm going to look up. You know. I'm gonna look up uh, some of the names on the uh, in the bracket. Oh, I have a few. Who, Should who I name them and then just wait? Uh, there's a guy here, Gabriel Marte, who's oh. competing, <laughs> and then there's Daniel Lore. I haven't decided if I'm competing yet. You trick. <laughs> there's a brand. All right, so yes, I'm I'm, I'm. 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 I said it's signed up. I didn't. It's just. I'm looking <laughs> at names. It's, so, all right. So we're, I'm just going to focus mainly. Oh, wait. I wanted to talk about one thing, Tynan Dalpra. So Tynan or Tynan Dalpra, brown belt under AOJ, he competed, also fight to win. I wanted to go back to this because it's kind of important. He competed fight to win um, last Friday, demolished his opponent, made, it look, made him look like a white belt, which is, you know, par for the course for Tynan. But then mm -hmm. at the Austin Open, his first match, I think it was, I think it was his first match. He beat the guy fifty three to zero, and I don't know. I felt like that's almost like kind of disrespectful. You know what I mean? I think that's it's kind like, of like crazy that so, they even allow that to happen. So it's like when in basketball, when like you're up by thirty, and then like you have the last possession of the ball, and you take a shot anyway, even though you're winning. There's no reason for you to do that. 
I mean, but I understand worse. it. You know what I mean? But like, worse. especially, especially, especially if like you're, <laughs> but worse. you're, you're, you're the opposing team. Like, is just kind of letting you and stuff like that. It'd be see, like for example, if like you're up by thirty and the opposing team is still like defense hard and you're just gonna post rise them on the, the. That's like that sucks. But this is this is worse because <laughs> if you if you if you got to if you got to fifty three points. You know, actually, I think it might have been the the Brown Bell final for his. Um, for he his said it was fifty three to nothing. Fifty three to nothing. The guy didn't even score an advantage, so fifty three to zero. You know, it's <laughs> it's sure there's different classes, but one it shows that you don't belong in the Brown Bell division. You should be, you know, a black belt already. I think people have been saying that Titan should have been a black belt a long time ago. Um, so do you think that was his like push for it? Be like, look. Look at this. Nah, because he's still, he's still, no, no, he's, everybody, he doesn't need to prove that he's a black belt. Everybody knows he's a black belt. But the other thing too, is that like, if you can score 53 points, you could have tapped him out at any point along those 53. So that's where I'm just like, yo, it's a little bit disrespectful, you know, because clearly I know that there's classes. I know that there's levels to every level, you know, there's levels to brown belt, levels to black belt. But it's unnecessary. What was your reason you know? for going up to fifty three? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's you know other than to like literally just embarrass the dude. Unless your submission game sucks that bad that you can't tap him out, that you can't tap but out a guy that you can 53 handle. Fifty three points. You're a high level yeah. jujitsu practitioner. Like you don't know how to yeah. submit people. Yeah. You know? Like. And then just for like further example, in the open class for the final, he beat his final. I forgot who the opponent was. He beat the final in 15 to zero. So also it was 53 to zero and he tapped him out. <laughs> so you he was waiting. Mean? He was just trying to like, he was just trying to put a, a highlight reel. I can understand if you're trying to get a highlight reel, get to like 20 points, 30 points max, keep it in the 20s and then finish him. But 53 is just stupid. So anyway, that was just I just wanted to like say that, and that's that's I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I, uh, see, this this for me makes AOJ look more and more like the evil empire. <laughs> anyway, to pans. So in the black belt divisions, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, pan the pan black belt division because pans is again going to be this year's world in my opinion. In the uh, Rusarate, some of the notable names I see Lucas Pinheiro in there. I think that the final is probably going to going to be um uh, Lucas Pinheiro against uh um Francisco Andrade who's uh from Cesar Costa Lucas Pinheiro being from Atos he's uh the guy that fought um Juni recently for the belt who mm-hmm. which Juni won yep and the light featherweight uh we have 16 people in the division and some of the notable 16. names Joshua yeah Joshua Joshua Cisneros who's the guy that uh just fought um Isaac who had a really, really good showing, like I said. Um, He's the newly crowned. He, he just got his uh, black belt. No? Yeah, yeah. And Paulo Miao is going to be there. So I I think I kind of want to see Cisneros against Miao. That, like, I, I don't think that Josh can beat Paulo, but it's definitely going to be Paulo in the, uh, the final. I don't yeah. see how it could not be. I don't see any other, you know, super notable names here. Um you know, Dennis Presley Jr., you know, was also really good. So maybe it'll be Dennis against Paolo. So we'll see how it goes from there. In the featherweight division, we got 33 people. Um, and this one's going to be huge. Uh, this is going to be. Is, they're doing it the same way divisions. as uh, they did the open with the bracket um, seating. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's still gonna be seated, especially at the black belt. And this one's this one's super stacked because you got like Federico Silva, who's from Alliance. He's under um, uh, Lucas Lepre, but you also have Isaac and Kennedy. So Isaac Doraline and Kennedy uh, Maciel. Kennedy's uh, you know, the son of Cobrinha. You have Jr. Gianni Grippo out there too. So Gianni Grippo, Samir Shantri, um, Joao Mendes from Altos, who's, who's who's a killer. Kim Terra, Kyle Terra's brother, uh, Mateus Mateus uh, Gabriel, also another beast. You know, obviously he's like former former Pan Am champion and all that. Samuel Nagai, who's also another beast, recently crowned Black Belt, I believe. Um, super sick. Uh, let me see. Damn, this is a crazy freaking. This is insane. Um, so it's worth it to just get flow. Yeah, rich, just rich, 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 Richard Nogueira is really, really good. I wanted to tell you, Richard Nogueira is super good. He's the guy that unfortunately lost to Isaac, but he's 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 a really he's 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 got a really dynamic top game. Tiago Macedo was also really good, um, but lost to Joshua in at the Austin Open. Um. And that's those are kind of like my my top. But as you can see, I named like six to eight people. Those it's gonna be a crazy bracket. Uh, so the theoretically, are hmm? we yeah able to watch that if we are no. theoretically there? No. So the thing is, that like, let's say if we happen to right, be there, be a separate day. We it's gonna be on the black belt day, and no spectators. So like, only the black belt and their coach can go. So we can't really go, unfortunately. So, but it's going to be on flow. So we can just watch it on flow. Lightweight division. You got Johnny Tama, uh, Rafael Dos Santos, who's, who's a beast from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Alves, who uh, again is, is going to be there. Jonathan Gracie is going to be there also. Uh, Michael Lira Jr., who also fought last Friday, which actually had a little bit of a controversial finish. Uh, or lost to to Edwin Najmi, in my opinion. I I felt like he won that match against Edwin Najmi, but you know, that's that's how it goes in in sub only competitions. You know, whoever has the meanest looking ankle lock these days. Henato Canudo is going to be don't there. Get that rule set. Yeah, I don't get okay. it either. Henato Canudo, Edwin Najmi, Paulo da Costa, um, Marcio Andre, who was supposed to be at the Austin Open and he just didn't show up, so kind of messed up that bracket. So, and that's kind of like the lightweight. I would say the light lightweight, while still strong, isn't as stacked as as featherweight. So I think featherweight, that featherweight is, is gonna be crazy. Deep. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, at middleweight, yeah, like dojo friend Rayhan Mudalib, you know, a good friend, former instructor at the dojo. He's a black belt on the Cobrinha, and he's a doctor now. Actually, I gotta get him on the podcast. It'd be dope to interview him. It'd be fun. Rayhawk? But Hell you're gonna yeah. have Ronaldo, yeah. You're gonna have Ronaldo have Jr. in that division. So yeah, it's gonna be cool. Like I would like I would like to see that match, Rayhan versus Ronaldo Jr. That'd be sick. Uh Lucas Hosha. <laughs> you got Lucas Hosha, um Leonardo Leonardo da Silva from GF team, super super beast. Um Vinicius Garcia, Yago de Souza. Uh, Dylan C. White, who's who's a beast. He, he competed this past uh, Saturday as well at the Austin Open. Did really well. Um, and, and Levi Jones Leary. So I would say the final. Oh, the fi- let me say the final in adult feather. 
I want to say is going to be a closeout between Isaac and Kennedy. The yeah, for real. The final, uh, the final in the lightweight division. Um, hmm. Man, this one's actually kind of tough. It kind of depends on like how they they set this up, but I I'm I'm gonna hope for. A well, it all depends Tama. on the bracket seating, no. Yeah, it depends on the bracket. Your final seating. could end I, up I, like I, yeah. I would I would earlier. I would hope I would hope to see Johnny in the like get to the finals and stuff. I think it'll it'll be you know between Johnny, uh, Jonathan Gracie and 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 uh, Jonathan Alves. So I think it's gonna be there. I would like to see a rematch between Johnny Johnny Tama and Jonathan's Jonathan Alves. God, I'm getting butchering these names. Um, oh, and in the middleweight, uh, I th- I think I'll probably see Ronaldo Jr. You know, he's been on a freaking tear, man. So, but I'm rooting for Rayhan. So, you know, hope Rayhan's going to be studying. But I, 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 I would say that, it'll, you know, Ronaldo Jr. and Levi Jones Leary in the, uh, in the final, which is crazy, actually, because Levi Jones Leary, you know, he's, he's a lightweight. He's, he's moved up to middle. So I guess he put on some pandemic pounds, some COVID pounds. <laughs> or got medium hydraulic. Yeah. Oh, medium heavy you weights. got a uh, yeah medium heavy notable names you got lucas barbosa as always um you have uh mateus macedo from from checkmat uh gabriel Almeida, who's been on a freaking tear he's just been killing it on the uh the the the, the pro fight scene um who else do we have that's notable Manuel Rivermar, who also did really well um, this past weekend. And Murillo Santana, always, always showing up to competition. I feel like he doesn't have anything to prove, but he still shows up every single time. <laughs> I want to say that you're going to see Murillo Santana and Gabriel Almeida in the final on that one. Um, heavyweight. You have the the the, the tractor, Vinicio Gazzola, who's uh, last year's world's champion, I believe. So I, it, it, that's gonna be that's gonna be huge there. Um, oh my god, I forgot about this. You have our boy Mikey Musumeki in the heavyweight division. I don't know if he's gonna keep that. He might actually switch that back to Wait, what? To, to, to weight. Yeah, Mikey signed up for heavy. Why? <laughs> because he's Mikey. Remember, oh, he, you remember, can't he, go, you yeah. can't go. Yeah, he 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 fought the open weight. <laughs> Yeah, not no, not even. He didn't fight the open weight. He 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 signed up for the heavyweight division, I believe. Or was it the open oh. weight? I think he signed up for heavyweight. No, was, I thought it was the open weight. It was the open weight. All right, so he signed yeah. up. So you know, and he showed that he can do well. He did good against yeah. Muhammad Ali. I thought that like I thought that like he, if it wasn't for like the one advantage, he would have won that match against Muhammad Ali. And he won the previous match, pretty deciding fashion against that big right. huge dude. So, well, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind to, like, seeing him play. on there. Yeah, so well, but you have let you him have, do anything. Yeah. unfortunately, you have you have Vinicius Gazzola, Mikey Musumeki, um, you have uh, Roberto Jimenez, and that's kind of it as far as notable names. I want to say that if Mikey's in there, Mikey is definitely in the final. I'm gonna go out there and say that. Otherwise, it's gonna be uh, Vinicius the tractor against uh, Roberto Jimenez. 
in the final. Uh, Super yeah, heavy he won, guy. The, he won the absolute world in right exactly. Super heavy. You got Felipe Andrew, who's also been on a tear. Um, Guilherme Santos, who, who who did really, really awesome this past Friday. Uh, was it Friday? No, no, no. It wasn't on Friday. It was a 3CG, you know, a few weeks back. You know, surprise everyone. Um, and Kina Cornelius in that division with Devontae Johnson. So this one's a small division. It's got nine people, but I think it's going to be pretty good. I think in the semis, it's going to be Felipe Andrew and Guilherme, Guilherme Santos as well as uh, Keenan and Devante. And I think the final is probably going to be Keenan and Felipe. And that'd be cool to see, only because that'll be a rematch of uh, Euros. Uh, And I predict Keenan to win. So, ultra heavy. Mm, Max Dos Santos Jimenez and Victor Hugo. I mean, that's the final right there. And uh, I... Didn't they fight recently, or was that Felipe Andrew? I feel like Felipe Andrew and Victor Hugo look real similar, but I think I think Max and Victor actually already <laughs> fought at three CG also. Um, but I want to say it's going to be Victor Hugo. He's been on a beast also. So for the women, light feather, you got Talita Alencar, um, uh, Maisa Bastos. I think that's going to be a final. I think they've competed against each other bunch of times patty fontes is going to be competing too but i think it's probably going to be Toledo versus bastos and it's i think i'm going to give it to bastos um featherweight uh gabrielle lima you know women do need to get a little bit more uh exposure i don't i don't know these names too well it's unfortunate we need to get more women competing you know, at least, or, or not just competing, but we need to get more women on the bigger stage on like the fight yeah. to win 3CG. That, that's the thing. It's the, ex- all that it's, stuff. So, it's the yeah. exposure. They need yeah. the exposure so that we can actually know who they are, you know? Right. Because they put on amazing matches too. So uh, I, I can't make a judgment. I don't know any of these women on, on the featherweight. In the lightweight division, you got uh, Luisa Montero, Nicole Sullivan, both from Autos. Um, and. You know, and then you got Natasha Kisa, who I think it's probably going to go to Luisa Montero. You know, it might be a closeout between her and Nicole, um, but I, I'd say it's probably Luisa. You know, she's she's been a mainstay at that division. She's kind of like the name to beat in that division. So the middleweight, you got Raquel Canuto, you know, um, I'd probably say that's going to be her, you know. Um, Vanessa Griffin, she's good. She's from Team Lord Urban, so it's gonna be. I probably, I think it's probably gonna be uh, Vanessa Griffin, Laura Halleck, who's from GF Team, and Raquel Canuto. But it's probably gonna be Raquel who wins that. So, medium heavy, you got Veda Toscano, daughter of Fabio Clemente, girlfriend mm-hmm. of uh, Roberto Jimenez, um, and uh, I. I think it's probably going to be in the final with Brenda Barbosa, who's under Marcio Andre. And if I know Veda, she's going to rock this. So in the heavyweight division, you got Toledo Noguera versus Natali De Jesus. Natali being the uh, recent uh, world champion. And I think she's also the openweight champion. So I, I give it to Natali. It's only them two. So um, I give it to them. Kendall Reusing and Jessica Flowers, uh, both Gracie Baja um 
representatives, but from different locations, one from Pasadena, one from Riverside, reusing being from Riverside. I give it to reusing just because she's been, you know, competing a little bit more active on the uh, fight to win stage as well. So um, and we're going to leave it at that. We obviously have all the masters division and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that the adult division is, is mainly what we're going to be focusing on as far as the reviews. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be a hell of a competition. It's a lot of I mean, yeah. it's Pan Ams. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's I think, um, you know, where I think the 2020 COVID world is going to end up being as far as the black belt division goes. Um, yeah, I don't really see us opening and, up to anyone or rather. Everyone yeah, opening yeah up I don't think the, the country, I mean, the country is not going to open up. Yeah, I don't think the board is going to open up anytime soon. They're probably not going to open up until next spring at the very least, you know, probably yeah. next summer. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Yeah. You know, what do you think? Would you have would you have wanted to go to Austin and compete? Yeah, Austin sounded awesome. I, I mean, Austin is just one of those cities I've wanted to visit for a while. I've heard good things. Yeah, about Yeah, Austin is so. definitely like a bucket list city. So, you know, if you're, you know, from outside of America, if you're in America, if you haven't visited Austin, Austin's a great city to visit. So a lot of nature, a lot of uh, cool things. I guess I, I, I hit you up. I, was like, I think I kind of want to go. Yeah. And then you're like, well, it closed up. Yeah, I know. And I was like, it's already closed up. <laughs> So, yeah. Any other questions for me, Danny? It didn't really seem too much like an interview, actually. Oh, I mean, you answered most of my questions when you were talking about it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, you That's just good, have, then. You just read my mind that good. I know, right? Uh, no. Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I had a good time. I had a great time. You know, I had an awesome time, you know. So, um, looking forward to going to Austin, back to Austin more often, though. You know, it's a great city, so... Uh yeah, so I guess that's gonna do it for us, man. I hope you guys uh enjoyed the show, the review of the Austin Open. Uh, what you you know what we thought of, or at least what I thought of uh some of the matches that I got to see, and what we both think about like the uh Pan Ams and and all that stuff coming up. So, um, if again, if you enjoyed the show and you you want to support us, best way to support us is to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Subscribes are the most important thing in order to let us know if we're doing well and growing or not also drop a line drop a line on you know uh instagram uh facebook wherever you can find us and let us know what you think what you hate if you hate me and if you want me to kill danny off so uh, <laughs> i've got two episodes left guys not, just two so just we're getting there do not be hesitant do not be hesitant Please support. So, all right so that's gonna do it for me um once again i'm gabe this is danny thank you for listening guys continue to be safe out there Peace out. There it is.